Ramble. I'm the type of person who's hyper aware of what I put in my body. I have a lot of food intolerances and it feels like every year I discover new ones. If you have allergies or IBS or you choose to avoid certain foods for personal reasons, you know the food FOMO is real and it's just not fun. A month ago, we went to Jeju Island, which is famous for pork, but because I'm allergic, I was just standing there watching everyone gobble up the food. And recently, I almost gave up morning coffee because I'm so sensitive to dairy these days and black coffee just does not hit the spot. Thankfully, I found out about minor figures and now I don't have to start my days on a bitter note. Literally, Minor Figures is an oat milk brand. They're 100% plant-based, carbon neutral, and B Corp certified. So not only do I get to enjoy my coffee, but I don't have to worry about anything irritating my stomach. There are no stabilizers or additives. And what I love is that Minor Figures Barista Oat really helps showcase the natural characteristics of the coffee. It's not just there to carry the coffee flavor, but it enhances it. So you know how at-home coffee never hits the spot like coffee shop coffee? With Minor Figures, it does. You can really taste the coffee versus the oat milk. It's delicious. You can buy their products online at us.minorfigures.com. You can also discover fun games, music playlists, and explore their store locator to see where you can buy Minor Figures near you. For my listeners in Denver and New York, Minor Figures is also now available at Whole Foods. Bada bing, bada boo. Welcome to this week's mini soda of Rotten Mango. I'm your host, Stephanie Sue. And the text messages were released. They were exposed. At first, it circulated amongst smaller group chats. Hey, have you seen this shit? This is freaking crazy. A link would be set with a compilation of text messages that were leaked, not from the Supreme Court. I know I'm trying to re-traumatize people. Not from celebrities, just two normal, average, everyday people. And it was juicy you know, everyone's like, where did you get this? This is crazy. I got to send it. Send me the file. I got to send it to my friends. You know what? I'm going to even send it to my parents. This is how juicy it is. Each person in that group chat had someone that they wanted to share it with. Then another person they wanted to share it with. Then those friends would go share it with others. Maybe even their family group chat. It was just too juicy of a story to not share with your loved ones. I mean, do you really love them if you don't share some gossip? So you're like, okay, well, what's in the text messages, Stephanie? We're dying to know. It was the affair of two very normal people. Nobody knew these two people personally, so it's not gossip amongst friends. You know, it's not a group of friends being like, hey, did you see what Karen did the other day? It's just a stranger. Why is it so interesting? Why is it so fascinating? It just felt like this this intimate, forbidden look into someone's very forbidden affair. But Mm. the premise of the affair was also captivating. Picture this, a woman in her 30s, married to a husband who seems to be chronically out of town for business trips, just never home, a young child at home to take care of. She's lonely and she's incredibly sexually frustrated, just waiting for someone to come and break her from the chains of vanilla sex. She's waiting. In the other half of the affair, a mailman in his 20s. Oh yeah, you've got mail. (laughs) <laughs> it's a hard disk. You got a delivery. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big package, okay? He's a bit younger than her, maybe a couple years. And their affair all started with a nine second video. Let's call the mailman Mike. And her name is Wanda. Mike had seen Wanda running errands near the mail office that he worked for. And there was just something about her, her presence, her just the way she moved. He wanted to capture it, save it forever. She was beautiful. He wanted to show it off to his 300-person group chat. I don't know why you need 300 people in a group chat. This group chat is going to make you lose faith in uh, not all guys, but like a lot of guys. So this group chat in particular had 300 of them, but probably millions elsewhere. These are guys that like to post videos of women they see in real life. That's creepy. Oh, just you wait. Let me tell you about Reddit. Okay, so these women are typically just living their best lives, running errands, working out, hanging out at the park with their kids, and most importantly, completely unaware that a stranger is taking a photo or a video of them. That is really creepy. I mean, there was actually a huge scandal on Reddit for this very reason. Have you heard of the now banned subreddit called Creep Shots or Creep Squad? Oh, yeah. It's exactly what you imagine. Men would upload pictures. I'm sure there were some female uploaders. Sorry. Mostly men would upload pictures of unsuspecting women. And it led to not only traumatic objectification of women, but the sexualizing of minors. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, these pictures were so creepy. Even in the subreddit, like an unspoken rule was that they don't want any posed pictures. So you can't just upload a picture of a really hot girl. You can't upload a picture, a screenshot of a video on Pornhub. No, these has to be girls in public that have no idea that they're being photographed. Just genuinely going about their business, living their best lives. It's one of those things where if you're that attracted, I mean, there's so much free legal porn online where you could see so yeah. many naked, beautiful people. But it's like, like you said, they want picture that they're, they, they didn't consent to. Exactly. That's what's weird about it. Yeah. Like, that's not normal behavior. It's alarming. And the comments in a lot of these posts, I mean, they're taken down. But if you hunt for them, it's pretty clear that these men want to rape women. Like just any woman that they walk down the street. I mean, the comments are not sitting there going, oh, wow, she's really pretty. Oh, wow, I love her outfit today. Absolutely not. It's like, oh, I'd love to give one to her tomorrow. Like it's really aggressive, really disgusting. Talking about the things that they would do to her. I mean, these women have no idea what's being said about them. They have no idea that this picture even exists. Or you have the ugly guys that are hiding behind their computers that are commenting on these very pictures saying, not hot enough, try harder. But nobody cared about these subreddits for the longest time. I mean, women and children cared, but there was not enough outrage to shut it down until a substitute teacher in Georgia was caught taking upskirt photos of his underage high school students and posting it to subreddit creep shots. So what happened? Someone caught it? Yeah. And it was clearly in a classroom setting and these kids were clearly high schoolers. Oh my God. So it got so much attention. It went viral. Reddit shut down creep shots. Now, if you thought creep shots was bad, there was a subreddit that was operating for years called Jailbait. Just underage girls? Yeah. And I quote, a safe space for people sexually attracted to underage children to share their photo stashes. Oh my God. Which is just pretty much, I'm not going to judge a pedophile because I am one too. Let's share our thoughts in this echo chamber. Now, these full grown men would post pictures of any underage girl in a bikini that she had posted to her social media thinking, I mean, these 13 year olds, we've all done this when we're 13. You're thinking your 13 year old Kelly, your 13 year old Kelsey friend, your maybe the 13 year old boy Chad you've been trying to, you know, start dating. You're thinking these are the people seeing it, not some creepy 50 year old man from the other side of the country that you've never met before. And maybe, just maybe, he posted onto Jailbait and your creepy 60-year-old neighbor comes across it and it gives him sinister ideas. It's truly terrifying. It was actually voted 2008 subreddit of the year by fellow Redditors. That means there's a ton of them. Ton. I mean, this was a very different time in Reddit's history and generally in the age of social media. It was very much an anything-goes type of period online. Later, when jailbait was banned, one of the guys that was in it, he stood up and said, L- listen, I'm, I'm no pedo. I, I, I'm, so- I'm not sorry about being part of jailbait. It's like pictures of Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Like Britney Spears, her Hit Me Baby One More Time video, she was 16 in it when it was filmed. So how is this any different? They're posting their pictures on Facebook. I'm just taking the same picture and posting it on jailbait. Besides, in my defense, I was a moderator for jailbait and I removed any child pornography that was that was posted. Mm-hmm. I did do that. Yeah, what a morally stand-up guy. <laughs> like, um, Besides, jailbait was not the only subreddit that he was part of and helped mod. He and his friends also loved subreddit Chocobitch. Beating women. Just videos of men beating women. There was one that was N-word jailbait. Rape bait. Hitler. And I guess the more tame ones were misogyny and incest. I even stumbled on this post while I was going down this whole creep shots, freaking rabbit hole. And by the way, I'm not saying we need to throw these people in jail for taking pictures in public and posting them. I'm just saying red flag, red flag for anybody that likes this, anyone that's visiting a site like this. There shouldn't be a safe space for them to do that. In fact, there should only be scary spaces for them to do that. Like, women can't even get a freaking safe space in this world, but you want to have a safe space to objectify us? Yeah, get out of here, Chad. Sorry to the chats that are good out there. (laughs) Anyway, this one guy was defending creep shots by saying, it's not a violation of privacy. It's not. These women are in public places. We're not taking pictures through their house window, through their apartment window. I mean... At that point, if you say this is a violation of privacy, then you would be against people taking pictures of anybody without their consent, regardless of the subject matter. 
So this was his argument. For example, my sister used to take candid pictures of people who were grossly overweight. He said it like that, like emphasis on grossly and sent it to her friends to laugh at. Would that be violating their privacy? Could that be compared to creep shots? He was justifying creep shots by saying, look at my sister. She too is an awful human being. Listen, if you want a deep dive on all the banned subreddits, let me know because there are so many. There's actually a lot of dark history with Reddit. If you want a deep dive on that, let me know. It's it's insane. So anyways, back to the couple's salacious text messages that were exposed to everyone. Like I said, it started with that nine second video. Mike had taken a video of Wanda while he's at work, just appreciating her beauty, you know? Unsuspectingly, unknowingly, she had no idea. He sent it to his group chat of 300 men who he thought would, you know, appreciate her beauty as well. Well, somehow, not explicitly implied, but like somehow Wanda finds out about this video. She adds Mike on WeChat and starts messaging him about it. Like, hey, why did you take this video of me without my consent? Like, that's not okay. I heard you sent it to a group chat of 300 people on WeChat. Like, why did you do that? Now, bear with me. I'm going to read you their juicy private text messages, but I'm shortening it down because the main message is still there. Mike tells her, Wanda, I'm so sorry. God, this is so awkward. Thank God my husband didn't see this video at least or else he would come for you. Then maybe you shouldn't show him the video. I know, but you just have so many people in that group chat of yours. I think you owe me an apology. Wait, oh. so she find out that he yes. sent the video to the group chat. And they're talking on WeChat. They're conf- she's confronting him. So she's like, hey, so many people saw this video. I think you owe me an apology. And he's like, oh, oh, of course. Should I apologize in person? Yes, of course you need to do it in person. It doesn't count unless it's in person. I mean, the whole thing, it's hard to put a voice behind it because it's words. It almost has a flirty tone to it, even through the text messages. The, of course you need to apologize in person. It seemed a little bit flirty. So Mike's like, should we set a date to meet then? She sends a little laughing emoji. Um, that sounds a little weird. Why is that weird? Do you work at the post office near the market? Maybe I can stop by later. Oh, but hold on. I have to feed my kid. I'll text you back. Yeah, when you have time, let's hang out. She sends a little sigh emoji and says, I I don't really have opportunities like that. Ever since I had a kid, it's hard to get out. And I'm, I'm so jealous of all you young people. Anyways, I just finished showering. Listen, this is not considered that sexually explicit, but in China, it was. Mike is shocked. He's like, what? Sends a shocked emoji. What should I do? What do you mean, what should you do? Well, you just just told me you got out of the shower. I can't handle it. (laughs) I know. It's like 15-year-olds. She's like, ha, 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 ha. No, 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 I'm serious. You got to help me. Wanda sends him a little sweating emoji and says, little brother... I know, alarming. That's not the way it works. Okay, it's just like a, it's a saying you use. They're probably only a few years apart, but it's a flirting method, I guess. She's like, little brother, you're so straightforward. Well, what can I do? Oh, my heart. I can't take it anymore. So now she's saying like, oh, this is too much. This is too much steaminess for me. He's like, do you usually watch the kids? Uh, Yeah, during the day and at night. So you mean to tell me there's really no opportunity? Well, sometimes my husband will watch the kid and I will go out with my friends. But what do you even mean opportunities? Opportunity for what? Oh, uh, nothing. Wanda sends him a confused emoji. And he sends her back a gif, a gif of Goku looking at a woman's underwear and being shocked. Like just pure (laughs) shock. So she changes the subject and says, well, do you have a family? Yeah, the same as you. And she sends a little face with the mouth covered, but the hand. Oh, you're so bad. And the two of them, they plan to meet up at Wanda's house. But she tells them that he needs to go and buy something first and then come over because her child is going to sleep at 2.30 so he can come on over after that. He's like, oh my God, that's so soon. I'll go buy it now. It's implied that he's going to go buy some condoms, okay? And she's saying, what are you so rushed for? Wait downstairs for me, winking face. Now, they meet up an hour later, after he already leaves, she texts him back. She says, wow, you left so soon? Don't ever come back again then. Ha 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 ha. I didn't satisfy you? You look like you almost died. (laughs) She says, of course not. Your whole body was 
shivering and quivering. I thought I needed to call an ambulance for you. So are you satisfied today or not? I'm going to go shower now. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Flirting emoji. What the heck? My legs are weak. You're good. Big eyes emoji. I'm impressed. And then he just sends small, (laughs) small penis. I'm shy. I need a few days to rest. So this is the first time that they do this. This is the first time that they cement this affair. They do it in her house with her child that's sleeping. It's not a good look, okay? And later screenshots, I mean, they progressively only get worse. They just keep on doing it. Mike is texting her things like, hang out this afternoon. It's rainy. Should I come over then? No, I can't. Not convenient today. I got to take care of the kid and clean the house. I'll call you later. So truly, she's a housewife living a double life. A mom that's cheating on her husband, really her family. Sometimes Mike would be passing by her place and saying, I'm here. Want me to come up? Things of that nature. And that's not where it stops. Mike would also send pictures of his own penis. The two of them would share porn videos back and forth to enjoy together. She would send him some wild text messages that were things like, I'm feeling extra wet today. (laughs) Gonna die reading these text messages. And he's like, what do you want me to do? She's like, you know what to do. Oh, I just want to die. And the two of them would share these porn videos back and forth. Oh, we should try this move later on this day. Meet me at this hotel. Let's. It was intense, okay? It's intense. There were even these hotel meetups. This is truly, everybody at home is reading this like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is my partner cheating on me? This is so crazy. Wanda would say, hey, what are you doing? Where? Where do you want me to go? She would send him a link to a hotel. I have a discount code for this hotel. Oh, discount code, huh? You go there often? Do you want to go or not? Okay, okay, let's go. I'll go first and then you come up 10 minutes after me. Okay. Are you dressed pretty today? You'll know when you see it. 10 minutes later, she texts him. I'm here. You can come now. And she proceeds to send him a picture of the hotel room, ready for him, waiting for him. And she says, you don't have the card. I'll let you into the room. Just make sure you walk up from the stairs on the side. It's room 204, okay? Another day, the texts were sent that she's wet and they need to meet in the underground parking lot. And then she ended it with, do you think I'm going to fall in love with you? (laughs) (laughs) There's another screenshot where Mike asks to film Wanda while doing the nasty. And at first she's shocked in the text messages and disagrees. Oh, no, 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 no. What if somebody sees my husband? I have kids like this is too much. But later she texts him, implying that he had filmed. And she says, actually, when you were filming me, I was kind of enjoying it. So this conversation between the two, as well as, you know, some some videos and photos that were sent back and forth were reposted, reposted over and over again until it became viral news, not just in mainland China, but to Chinese people abroad. Anybody that really had WeChat and all these things, they were coming across this story because it's, I mean, the scope of this was insane. It's one of those situations that felt harmless, which honestly is the worst word to use because cheating breaks people apart. It ruins relationships, families, children are involved in this one. But in the scope of the internet, where everything is so politically charged, everything is at stake. News of celebrities using their power to assault minors. Like there's so much darker stuff going on that people latched on to this. This to the viewer, yeah, I mean, they felt for the cheaters' families. But at the end, it felt harmless to read and (gasps) gawk at these horrendous text messages. But it wouldn't be harmless forever. Since that nine-second video of Wanda was accompanied with her text messages, she started getting texts from her friends asking her, did you cheat with a mailman? Like, what the fork is going on? You're all over social media. You're all over Twitter. Even her friend who was working abroad texted her, hey, you've been caught red-handed. I saw that video of you. What's going on? Wanda lost her job. She lost everything. She was getting harassed on social media, on the streets, everywhere she went. It wasn't until later the public found out that she had been fired. Now, I imagine if they found out in real time, there would be further discourse, further arguments amongst the the netizens i would imagine maybe there's two groups of people forming maybe the smaller of the two groups would be the camp that believes wanda got what she deserved if she cheated on her husband and ruined her family 
She's got a child involved in this. Her life financially, emotionally, mentally should be ruined too. Karma's a bitch and she came to collect. So it's time for Wanda to pay up. They're the ones that would also say, if you don't want to get caught for it, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Then the slightly larger group of people, the second group would say, yikes, (laughs) that's not cool. But you know, that is the world today. You be a good person, you get rewarded, be a bad person, you get what's coming. It just sucks now that she has to suffer, not just emotionally, but financially. I'm sure that's going to impact her kid as well. Hopefully she finds a new job and learns from this. You know, maybe the internet did take it a bit too far on this one. Those would be the two groups, right? But there would not be, in a million years, a third group. A group that actually knew the truth. A group that knew the truth about Wanda. Because you see, Wanda is not married. Wanda does not have children. Wanda did not cheat on anyone. Wanda didn't even know a guy named Mike. So you're thinking, okay, Stephanie, I get it. They got the wrong person. The girl in the video is the real cheater. And the girl, Wanda, just happens to be like a case of mistaken identities. They look too similar. And because of that, she's getting burned. Everybody thinks it's her in the video. They're just doppelgangers. No, those text messages were very much real. And they were fabricated. They were text. They were created by two men in their 20s. Role-playing Wanda and Mike the Mailman. Having a steamy affair. A steamy text message exchange between the two men. So that they could get some clout. And in the end, this woman, Wanda, who's not married, has no children, has never cheated. She loses everything everything is it a revenge no they don't know her they don't know her imagine you are walking down the street a stranger you've never met why you don't even you don't even cut them off in traffic nothing you've done nothing to this person they take a video of you post it online fake some text messages your life is ruined all you did was walk outside to run errands what Yeah. Oh, that's just the beginning. Okay. They literally ruined a woman's life and they feel zero remorse about it. This is one of the craziest crimes of 2020 in China. It's considered the social death case. And even though not a single drop of blood was shed, the Supreme Court was getting involved. Netizens were divided. They were outraged. I mean, there is an element to this whole thing that is very consistent with gruesome true crime cases too, which is you could literally be doing nothing and trouble will come and find you. So as always, the full show notes are available at RottenMangoPodcast.com. But this is a Chinese case, and I had articles professionally transcribed. I also had Tiffany, my future sister-in-law, help me with some of the trickier parts. So there's like parts with Chinese slang, the the more social media-based ones rather than sourced from articles she helped me a lot with. But as always, whenever there's a case that's not covered in English... You know what? Even covered in English, what the heck? Let me know if there is anything that is lost in translation or that I got wrong so I can correct it. But also, I'm just super curious about this case. So if you have any additional information, I would love to hear it. So with that being said, the story begins with Wu Wu Susu. We'll call her Sarah. Sarah was one of those women that kind of had it all. Or at least she was on track to have it all. She had been with her boyfriend for many years. The two of them actually started working in the big capital of Beijing. Then they decided, you know what? This has been great for our career. Let's move to a place where we'll feel a bit more comfortable. That's not so expensive. Hangzhou is the city. Yeah, is the city that they chose. And they thought, we're going to get good jobs there. We have so much experience in Beijing. Like, this will be great. And they did. Sarah starts working as a brand designer, an assistant manager of the project general manager of a big company. And she was making good money. The couple rent a house in this new developed neighborhood. And because it was like this up and coming place, they got a great deal on rent. Like they got a full on house, three bedrooms with a beautiful sofa. They were living the dream, going to birthday parties with their friends, getting flowers, traveling. Sarah was seen all over her WeChat photos, just enjoying life. She was someone that loved to wear bright clothes. She always wore this very delicate makeup. She loved, oh my God, she loved painting her nails red. And like overall, there's not much to her life prior to everything that happened because she was just a really normal person. Very, very normal. Then July 7th, 2020, something happens. And it was so discreet, so small, that even Sarah herself had no idea that it had taken place until way later, until it was too late. Sarah got off work as usual. She decides to head to the post office 
to pick up her stuff. This was kind of a routine. She'd probably done this, I don't know, like a hundred times. But since the place was busy, she stands by the door and she's waiting in this line. Now, someone else was in that line. A man named Lang Tao. Let's call him Luke. Luke was in that line. He also happened to be the convenience store owner nearby. And he was a very interesting character. He's 27, loves to dress well. Some might even consider him young and handsome. He was, to a degree, very hardworking. He ran the store by himself, and a lot of the times it was slow. So he would just sit behind this counter, and the whole day was ahead of him, bored out of his mind. He barely gets any social interaction. I mean, think about it. His customers, they're typically construction workers coming in to get a lunch, housewives coming in pajamas to buy salt because they just ran out of it. Sometimes a random young person would come in to buy a sausage or two or try to buy some alcohol when they're clearly underage. I mean, these customers, they never really talked to him unless it was to ask him, hi, where's this? Where's the pack of gum? Everybody that crossed paths with Luke in his store said, yeah, he's a polite, hardworking guy. I don't really have anything to say about him. They would never imagine he would ruin someone's life on purpose. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Luke can't even remember why he was in line at the post office that day, but there he was. And the feeling of boredom was just rushing over him. That is, till Sarah got in line. And something about Sarah, just standing there, completely unaware of his presence, or really anybody's presence, just minding her own business. Something in his bones, in his head, he's like, ah, I gotta take out my phone, sneak it up to eye level, pretend I'm texting someone, per se, and take a video of her. Nine seconds. Anything longer, she might catch on. Anything shorter, not good enough. He didn't even know this girl. I mean, maybe she had passed by a couple times. Maybe she had been a customer here and there. But they weren't on like a speaking basis. They weren't like, oh, hey, Luke, what are you doing? Luke then rushed back to the store with this little video. And he sits behind on his counter. And at first he's, man, what do I, what do, I do with this video? Do I just keep it in my little photo album and just look at it time to time? I mean, she's really pretty, right? Oh, you know what? If I think she's pretty, you know who else is going to think she's pretty? I'm going to send it to my group chat of 300 dudes. I mean, yeah, mainly we use the group chat to talk about cars. And a lot of us know each other in real life. But sometimes, you know, people be sending pictures and videos of super pretty girls. And we just joke around, joke around. Everything's a joke in this group chat. Nothing serious ever happens in this group chat. Everything is a joke. The objectification of women is a joke. Guys, <laughs> calm down. Anyway. Shortly after, he sends this video and Luke gets a message from one of the group members named Kai. We're going to call him Kai. He's a 24-year-old in the group chat and he's not really that close with Luke. They kind of talk, but they've never really met up in real life, it seems. And Kai is like, hey, you know that video you just sent? Let's pull one over on the guys in the group chat. Let's pull a prank on them. Uh, sure, that sounds fun. I'm bored anyway. What do you have in mind? I don't know. Maybe we could just... We could have like this whole backstory. Like, you know, when you people watch and you see people walking by and you think to yourself, oh, that guy's in a suit. Maybe he works on like Wall Street, but maybe he has a gambling addiction and a drinking problem and his wife hates him and they've been divorced and his kids hate him and he's got all this money, but no love. You know, you think these things. Why don't we create a backstory for that girl in the video? That's crazy. It's just just crazy. Yeah. And they're like, okay, that sounds good. But in order for all the boys in the group chat, Saturdays are for the boys, in order for the boys to care, it's got to be something they care about. They don't care about just this random goody two-shoes that goes and picks up her mail after lunch. Like, we got to come up with something crazy. So they create these two separate accounts. One for who they nicknamed Wanda, Sarah, the girl in the video. They don't even know her real name. <laughs> and another one for a mailman, since the video is taken in a post office. And they start faking their conversations and make them fall in love. And in order to make it seem more realistic, they had to fake it so it seems like Sarah found out about this video. Or Wanda found out about this video. Because how else do these random two people start talking? 
So they start talking about the whole video. And Lucas, he's spending his entire day just watching people from his little store. And he knew exactly what men wanted in a story, a juicy story. And it was always a slightly older woman who's married. But of course, this younger guy has got a bigger penis. He's better endowed physically and he has better moves in bed. And this boring, lame, sex-starved housewife mom who's always in these frumpy clothes, oh, can't even do her hair and go into PTA meetings. And this man with his great moves turns her into a sex machine, a sex fiend. She's addicted to sex now. Sorry to break it to you. Do you even know where the clitoris is? I'm just wondering. Anyway, the fictional adventures of Wanda and Mike included having sex after Wanda's child was asleep. Mike would sneak into their family home. They would meet at some sort of hotel or maybe in the underground parking lot of her apartment complex. They even included pornographic videos that didn't include faces to make it seem like it was a homemade video of the two of them having sex so just like that, Crazy. if you get this collection of videos and text messages, you're going to kind of assume that the girl in the video is also the girl having sex and fully nude with the mailman mm -hmm. cheating on her husband. So this fascinating backstory was created for a random nine second video of Wanda and everyone in the group chat, they ate it up. It felt crazy, but not too crazy to be unbelievable, just wild enough. And it also hit every guy's fantasy in this group chat. So Luke is sitting there satisfied, reading the dramatic responses of all his friends. Oh my God, this is crazy. How'd you find out? Holy shit, this is like a movie straight up. Oh my God, dude, I wish I was Mike. Holy shit, these videos are amazing. She's so hot. And Luke felt so happy. He felt like the king of the group chat. And that's really why he even did this in the first place. He wanted people to like him. He wanted to feel like he knew things that others didn't, that he had some sort of power. And if someone's life had to be ruined for nine, for nine seconds of fame in a group chat, then so be it. That's not his problem. And in the beginning, it was explosive. But like everything in that group chat, it died down. And within a month, the, quote, joke was over. Also, remember, these are two supposedly straight men sexting each other. <laughs> like, I told you how elaborate it was of the hotel pictures being sent, of pictures of penis being sent. I don't know if they got that off the internet or if they just went full on method acting. They were like, we actually have to have sex to make this work. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So it's two supposedly straight men sexting each other so that they could get kudos from their other supposedly straight guy friends in the group. Something is very suspicious about that one, don't you think? It's a little weird. I don't know. I don't know about me. Are there any alarm bells going off in your head? <laughs> So anyway, someone in the group chat, well, a lot of people in the group chat start spreading it to other group chats, sharing it with their friends. And it was like a little fire. It started to spread until it got so big, it couldn't be stopped. The credibility of the story wasn't really even up for debate. This wasn't a thing that people asked about. It was just, holy cow, that's crazy. I mean, I understand the sentiment. It's fascinating. But the part that gets me, and I'm sure it'll get you too, is the text messages. Okay, fine. Nine second video, ugh, I don't like you, red flag. Nude photos or videos are being released and circulated in group chats without consent. What are you, what, what is happening right now? How is this okay? But nobody asked, nobody cared. Seemed like a good enough scandal for everyone. Soon the story starts trending in the town of Hangzhou. It gets that big. And the identity of the woman was found out to be not Wanda, but none other than Sarah Wu. And she was officially branded an unfaithful little lady. Yeah, those are the exact words. Sarah, meanwhile, had no idea. She's living her life as normal. I mean, she's like, are these people looking at me? I'm so confused. <laughs> Do I have something in my teeth? What's going on? I'm just on the subway train right now. Are you looking at me? No, they're not looking at me. That's maybe they're waving to someone behind me. Okay, that's weird. What a weird day. She'd go to work. She'd go out to eat with her boyfriend. They were saving up money for their future, just going about their business. But it all comes to a slamming halt. August 5th, 2020, she wakes up to a phone call from her best friend at 1 a.m. Oh my God, oh my God. My friend from Beijing said that she saw you on social media and you were being photographed secretly and, and she, saw, she saw some WeChat messages and I don't know, okay? Listen, I don't know if they're true. And if they are, I'm not judging you. It's just, I'm confused. 
Sarah's like, what? What are you saying? WeChat messages? A photo? A video of me? What are you saying? Okay, hold on. Hang up. Let me send them to you. And that's how Sarah found out what was happening. Can you imagine the feeling of that? Oh my God. No. Can you even, like, can anybody imagine the feeling of that? I can't even imagine the feeling of it if it were true. I definitely can't imagine the feeling of it if it was all made up. Because I'd be like, this is some sort of sick joke. I can't even explain it in my head. This is a nightmare. Uh, Yeah, that's. I think that's the worst feeling. It's so bizarre. How do you guys call the feeling? It's like when you... People accuse you of you doing something that you didn't do. It's like the worst feeling. Yes, the worst feeling. And there's no, you don't win. You only lose. Yeah. Because if you didn't do it and you're like, I didn't do it. And you're passionate. They're not going to believe you. Exactly. You're too passionate. Why are you so passionate? You can't can't even prove it that you didn't do it. So she's just sitting there confused. She said, "I, I couldn't sleep. I just didn't understand who would do this to me. Obviously, I must have done something to whoever did this. Mm -hmm. Even though I try to live my life well, it can't just be some stranger, right? This is some sort of sick revenge on me. And why would they do that? Why can't they just tell me what I did wrong? And she said, I felt so angry. I just felt so angry. So she kept rewatching that video over and over again. And this is the part that's so infuriating. She said, I was trying to see why I was a target to this. But that day, I mean, I, I was wearing a dress that day. But it was a long dress. It covered my knees. And I, I wasn't even looking at people. Pretty much society has trained us to think like, oh, why was I a victim to this? Wow. What was I wearing that day? Did I give any creepy guy some sort of inkling that I'm sexually promiscuous and ready to bang? She's like, genuinely, I watched that video a million times. I was wearing a long dress. I wasn't even looking at guys. I wasn't talking to anyone. I was minding my own business. I don't see any reason for this. I wasn't giving anyone mixed signals. There was no misunderstanding. I was picking up packages. Then slowly but surely, it wasn't just a phone call she would get. She was getting more looks on the streets. And the worst, oh, the worst were the whispers from colleagues at work. I mean, they genuinely thought it was her. Nobody would believe her if she said it wasn't. And it's not even like she could go up to them and say, that's not me, by the way. They hadn't even confronted her. They hadn't even told her. They're just whispering and she knows what they're whispering about. Sarah even got a text from a close friend of hers that just said, we all saw the video of you and the mailman having sex. Yeah, drop that friend, okay? Sarah and her boyfriend got to work and they wanted to find out who the creators of these messages were. Now, their whole idea was super simple. They find the person that even posted the original nine second clip or posted the WeChat thread and find them get them to publicly apologize. Everyone in the press, all the netizens are going to know, oh, this was like some sort of misunderstanding. It wasn't her. And then life would go back to normal. She's able to track down that person. It's the freaking convenience store owner, Luke. She's like, I know this guy. I mean, I don't know him by name, but everyone in the neighborhood kind of knows him. It's a pretty popular convenience store. I walked by a million times. So she confronts him and tells him, everything is ruined. This whole thing has ruined my life i don't have my job my friends my family i'm being harassed online on the streets i'm getting death threats luke looked her up and down and without any remorse just said yeah but it's a joke like it's not even about you oh my god oh my god that's that's triggering oh my god yeah it's just a joke (sighs) besides i use the name wanda your name's not even anywhere on the chats god yeah but it doesn't matter because i'm i'm getting real life consequences and repercussions of something that i never did it's something you did well i don't know what to tell you it was just a joke i mean i'm sad you feel that way but i don't know what to tell you like it's not my fault but you posted her face yeah what do you mean that's slander he's like i didn't use your name though i used wanda wow okay Sarah decides, okay, I'm going to reach out to the police at this point because what are you kidding? What are you saying? She tried to make a post on WeChat and she said, the reason I'm choosing to stand up and say this is not true is not just to prove my innocence, but I don't know how many women have fallen victim to stuff like this, or maybe they're currently experiencing stuff like this. Maybe they'll encounter the same trouble in the future. I just hope that all these women and I don't hold back and we have the courage to fight till the end. So this causes the police to get to work. And now Luke and Kai, they're trembling in their little boots because, you know, they can't even find a clitoris. Do you really think they can find a way out of this? 
Luke tries to tell the police, Yeah, you guessed it. It's true. I did it. But it was just a joke. Besides, my intentions weren't bad at all. I was just really bored at work. I have to sit there for hours on end. Sometimes I don't get customers for like five hours at a time. And the, the video I took of her in the post office, I, I was bored. It was nothing else. I mean, it's not like I'm sticking my phone down her shirt. Why would I even use my own WeChat with my name on there to spread messages in the group chat if I thought real harm was going to come out of this? If I genuinely thought something bad was going to happen, I would have made a fake account. I, I don't even know her. He said, I don't even know her as if it would help his case. He's like, I don't even know her. How can I target someone? I don't even know. <laughs> That's freaking crazy. This is crazy. And the police, they straight up don't care. Not about Luke's excuse. They don't care about the whole thing. They're like, the whole thing, we don't care. They chalk it up to internet drama. They're like, we hope Luke, Kai, and Sarah could just figure it out offline. Share a meal together or something. Bruh, this is like people think everything online is just like... Fake. Yeah, it's Oh my fake. gosh. When adults... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. When you're young and you're getting bullied and things are being posted online and adults tell you, hey, just go outside. Online isn't real. <laughs> just go outside. There's more to life. And you're like, yeah, I get it. But um, people want to kill me. <laughs> so... <laughs> People want me to kill myself. So I don't know what you, what, Karen? What do you want? But because of Sarah's constant pressure, the police do the bare minimum. They ask Luke and Kai to release like a, a public apology, just a statement, just like a paragraph. This is not even, it's not a video. It's not a public addressing of the situation. Their names are not going to be released. The police are just going to follow up with it. Yeah, we investigated. It's a fake story. So they face no true consequences. The apology is going to do nothing. The same day, a huge account posted an article called The Husband of This Woman Has Been Cucked. <laughs> so aggressive. What? Yeah. It seemed like nobody cared about the apology. Nobody cared about the truth. People likened this case to a quote from Gustave Leban, which is a French doctor from the 19th century that I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. And he said, the public, the masses have never thirsted for the truth. They turn away from evidence that is not to their taste. They prefer to deify error. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. Even the sheer fact that Sarah wasn't even married legally and did not have any children did not matter. <laughs> like, it's one thing if she's married and has a kid. You're like, ah, I don't know. You seem like you got a lot to lose. Yeah. She, what? so fascinating human behavior yes. and act this way i think it's uh, there's so many good books on this but it's called like the de-individualization of the internet you become less of yourself and you just go with the pack when you go online mm. but wow. in real life you would never do that because people see your face you're standing in a crowd raising your hand to vote someone to be socially killed but online no one knows the story was true to everyone online and they wanted to keep it that way there was one person from the group chat, though, that did reach out to Sarah, the initial group chat. He apologized for even being part of the group. He proved that he never retold the story, and he said, I never really believed Luke. Luke does that often. In the beginning, when he first joined our group chat, he told this big lie about how some girl was begging him to have sex with him and posted her picture. And it worked. A lot of the guys were like, oh, you're so tough. He became one of the most popular guys in the group chat after that. Then I noticed he just kind of repeated the same process. He would post pictures of women that supposedly wanted to cheat on their husbands with him, that were throwing themselves at him. So Sarah hears this. The fact that there are more victims and not just her, she stops moping around and she posts on WeChat. I am a victim of slander. If you see such slanderous information, please send me a screenshot. She starts getting hundreds and hundreds of screenshots from netizens everywhere. She starts compiling evidence to bring to a lawyer. She told the public, after this lie, our lives have been ruined. We cannot sleep at night. I feel sick and tired all the time. My boyfriend has been in the hospital for a month. He just got home and is recovering. He lost his job. I lost my job. And before I even did, my colleagues, they all talked about me. They never told me. They just talked about me and my body in a professional setting. Oh, and one of my colleagues secretly took a picture of me at work to post online. The rumor has chased me down and has gnawed at me like a leech. No one, no one knows how long I have to endure this thing called social death. 
Social death is a term that's coming back. If people think it's actually a new term, but it's not. Social death typically refers to someone being ignored, isolated, or segregated by society. Sometimes it's because of something they did in the more modern social media sense. You get canceled and maybe the cancellation is so big and so thorough that you can't even go to Target without people treating you differently, treating you like you're subhuman and this disgusting criminal. You're essentially declared dead before you're physically dead. It's hard to be normal again. You can't make friends. You lose all your friends. Just socially speaking, you can't be a regular part of society anymore. And that has really harsh, damaging effects. A lot of former inmates feel this type of social death when they're released. They can't get hired. Nobody wants to date them. Nobody wants to talk to them. Their friends and family have left them. It's said that a lot of people in the LGBTQA plus community, for very different reasons, okay, the inmate one, kind of understandable if you're a pedophile that's just been released. This one, not understandable. But they did say that coming out can be a social death sentence at times, mm. depending on where you are, who you live with. Interestingly enough, people with cognitive decline or cognitive impairments, they say they experience social death because sometimes you are treated like you don't even exist. Think about people with dementia. People will start talking about them as if they're not just sitting there. You're socially dead. It's essentially modern day exile, but it's not a new word. Social death is actually something that happened to slaves all around the world. And it still happens to those enslaved around the world today. So the captors, they would strip the slaves of all their individual identities, their names, their personalities, and sometimes they would even go as far as castrating them, shaving their heads. So they become what they felt as nobody to society. They would be rejected by all levels of society and the captors, the masters, they would create an atmosphere where there was no social hierarchy amongst the slaves. They were not allowed to talk. They were not allowed to build relationships amongst themselves. They could not engage in any social beneficial activity, which is so crucial to the human life experience. There's actually a whole book on this called Slavery and Social Death. It was, I believe, published in like the 90s. So really not a new term. It's by Orlando Patterson. It just talks a lot about not just slaves, but people that are not accepted as fully human in society. And it's, it's really bad. Like just the psychological damage that alone can cause, mm -hmm. especially with today's day and age, it's something to look into. Sarah was calm now. She had already experienced the really hard part of social death, losing her job, losing her friends that, you know, weren't good to begin with, just being out in the street, nobody treating her the same. And now she had this calm anger. She said she didn't feel emotional anymore. She just sat in her house, calmly collecting information to prove her innocence. She wasn't okay though. She stopped eating. She was a heavy smoker now. She would smoke like a pack of cigarettes a day. She couldn't fall asleep. And if she did, she was woken up by nightmares. She had to delete her phone contacts, her WeChat contacts. She was scared to talk to her friends because it, it, it's a shot in the dark. Some friends were really understanding. Some friends were on her side. Some friends judged her. She lost her career at this point. No new places of employment cared that she was being slandered. They didn't want the drama. They didn't want this associated with their company. They were not hiring her. Sarah somehow felt like still it was her fault in a sense. She stopped wearing even knee length dresses. She only wore loose shirts and long jeans when she went out. It would be so hot. She would be drenched in sweat. She developed this huge fear of cameras and with good reason. One time Sarah and her boyfriend were grabbing a coffee. On their way out, they see this man smoking a cigarette outside, pointing his phone at her. She screamed and grabbed his phone. What are you doing? What are you doing? He was indeed taking a picture of her. So she deleted it and they yelled at him until he was forced to apologize, which like good for them. But do you really have to yell at someone to apologize for something like that? Like, that's crazy. Sarah was housebound, not by choice. Obviously, she's going through a lot. She wants some fresh air, but she can't go out unless it's nighttime. Even during the night, she would wear a mask and sometimes sunglasses. And still then, people would be passing her on their nightly walks like, oh my God, is that her? Is that her? Oh my God. She started walking around her house, just pacing her living room. She said it got so unhealthy, she felt that if she stopped walking, she would break down immediately. So she wouldn't stop for hours, just pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. She was confused and frustrated. She kept thinking, I don't get it. I was wronged, but I went public with the truth. The police did too. So shouldn't it be over? Why isn't it over? She felt hurt and abandoned by even the rules of society. Isn't this how it works? I didn't do anything bad. 
This honestly sounds like a villain origin story. I wouldn't be surprised if she turned into a villain. This is horrible. She was diagnosed with depression soon after all of this happened. But instead, Sarah tried to be understanding. She thought maybe Luke and Kai could post a video telling the truth and then it would be all over. They could have a face to this. But even then, she didn't want their faces in the world. She wanted them to wear a mask and sunglasses. She didn't have to do this. She honestly, she could have just sued them. But she didn't want to do that either. So here's the whole thing. This is what Sarah wanted. Just two things. For them to formally apologize, post a video of themselves doing it, with a mask, sunglasses, their names would never be revealed, nothing about them would be revealed. Because no matter how mad Sarah was, she didn't want the social death to transfer from her to them. She just wanted it to go away. She didn't want them to feel everything she went through. She just wanted to clear her name. And she's really nice. The reason that she's not suing them is because they have their own families. Luke has a child. He's married. She didn't want to ruin their lives. And if she sues them, their names go public. Obviously, they deserve it. But what if she regrets it later? What if she regrets ruining their lives? So instead, she wanted a formal apology online, no doxing them. And then secondly, she wanted monetary compensation for the loss of her job and the loss of her boyfriend's job. This is very normal in slander cases. And usually the monetary compensation is, in most lawsuits, a astronomical number. And then you settle on something in the middle. Sarah, since she's not suing them, she's asking for barely a lot of money. Like barely any money. Both her and her boyfriend lost their jobs. She wanted $9,000. $9,000 is a ton of money. What? Don't get me wrong. But she's not getting hired right now. Who knows how long she's going to go without jobs? No. Who knows how much this has impacted the trajectory of her career, even if she does get a job? Yeah, her life is ruined. He, she's depressed. She's going to doctor. Like, yes. This is not. It's nothing compared nothing. to what happened. What? So Sarah approaches Luke and Kai with this. And it's a really great thing that she didn't have to do they don't have to go to court they don't have to have their identities released this is an easy way out a ticket to the land of no consequences for their actions you're like oh wait we're already here but you know what i mean so this concession for sarah from the goodness of her heart she was shocked because it turned into a negotiation which was adding salt to the wound for sarah let me explain. Imagine you give someone $100 for no reason at all. It's a gift. You don't have to do me anything. You don't have to give me anything. Here's $100. So just thanks. And instead of being thankful or just quietly taking it, they start saying, what about 110 Can you do 120 Listen, 120 and I'll settle. You're like, what are you settling? What? I'm getting nothing out of this. What do you mean 120 and we'll settle? What are you saying? I'm doing this for you. So here are these two guys arguing about the public apology. They're looking at her like, <sighs> fine, we'll do it. But you need to pixelate our faces or else we won't. We don't want society to find us. And she's like, I, I'm letting you wear a mask and sunglasses. And they're treating her as if that's, of course, of course they're going to wear a mask and sunglasses. Duh, why wouldn't they? So you want your faces pixelated on top of that? So Sarah's getting pissed. I mean, did you think about me when you published my video without a mask and sunglasses and no pixelation on my face? Like, what about what society did to me? Did you care about that? And then they hit back with, and can we just pay you like $4,000 in compensation? $9,000, like you're honestly asking for too much. You're getting greedy. We can pay for like a month of your salary, like a few months, but why do we need to pay for your boyfriend's unemployment loss? Like that doesn't even make sense. The audacity of these people. Yeah. So Luke is upset. He starts crying victim. He says, you know, I'm Sarah, I'm going to be honest with you. I start, I'm starting to feel violated. I feel like you're extorting me. You're blackmailing me into releasing my identity. Oh my God. Into giving you $9,000. And I think that's really fucked up. I think this is extortion. And, you know, I might even consider luring up and suing you. Sarah is taking this in like, what did you just say to me? What did you just say to me? So she backs up from her initial offer. She gets herself an attorney and she said, I will be filing a lawsuit to defend my rights. As of December, my losses have exceeded over 30,000 US dollars. I will not accept the apology or any compensation from them right now. This is time to put an end to all of it. When the lawsuit is filed, the names are released. This is finally getting some public attention, but the police do nothing. 
Well, okay, fine. They kind of do something. They take them in for custody for nine days. And this is what Luke said about the experience of being in custody. He said, I just watched some TV and I was sleeping, eating. I studied a little bit. It was honestly kind of relaxing. Luke changed the name of his supermarket and he went on to live life as normal. The truth was coming out and it was catching storm because this time around, the truth was more entertaining than the lie. Mm. And that's all that matters. That's true. Wow. So when it's a public statement by the police saying, hey, guys, that's all fake. It's all fake news. It's not that interesting. But to have this crazy villain story of the guy is telling her, oh, no, I want to pixelate my face. No, I'm not going to give you 9,000. Now you're invested. So now there's this lawsuit. There's evidence. Oh, and they refuse to formally apologize. Let's run with it. Now the Internet is pissed off at him. They really were. It wasn't social death like it was for Sarah. It just didn't really work. He owned his own shop and people kept coming in to see what he was up to. So they would inevitably buy a thing or two to make it seem natural. Oh my God, are you kidding me? So probably he profited. He didn't really face any consequences except for a mean you know, message here and there. So people are pointing out, what does that mean for the world? When a woman is found out to be cheating on her husband and people are ready to see her lose it all. It's wrong, it's horrendous to cheat on your husband, especially if you have kids. But they want to see her get the worst of the worst. And they won't stop until she does. But when a man is caught ruining an innocent person's life with no regard for anybody else, he gets bad press and journalists coming to his shop and a lot of male supporters. Supporting what? They're like, it's just a joke. God, it's 2020 and they can't even take a They want to be equal, but they can't even take a joke. I can't, dude. This is insane. Yeah. The outrage definitely was still skewed to hate Sarah a lot more. And like, really, I... (laughs) I don't even feel bad for this guy getting shit now. Luke was being interviewed since his identity was made public. And he even demands that the reporters get the good side of his face. In fact, he gets some clout for it. Everyone calls him the infamous Mr. Lang. Like all these group groupies of boys. They're like, oh, Mr. Lang is the guy that just was a funny dude. And this girl's trying to ruin his life over a joke. Oh, and then they, of course, they got to turn into this whole thing. And they post their little threads of like, I'm scared to even make any joke at work now. I guess I can't even just talk to a girl without being accused of ruining her life and slandering her because they can't take a joke. It's turning into that. One time a reporter did ask him, what mistake do you think that you've made? I guess I disrespected women. I mean, but I don't know if I did. I have my supporters who say that I've never disrespected women, and I kind of believe it. In fact, I cook for my family every day. I have a cold right now because my washing machine was broken, and my wife asked me to wash the clothes by hand, and I got sick from that. Poor guy. Oh, no. Should we send him some Tylenol? I'm going to punch him. (laughs) Do you regret what you said? Yeah, I regret it every day, but it's useless. I've already done it. And you can't blame others for your grievances. That was a very interesting thing that people caught on to. Who are you referring to? Who are you referring to? You can't blame others for your grievances. Are you saying you can't blame anyone but yourself? Because you spread it to one group chat, but everybody else spread it to other people. Are you saying you have no one to blame but yourself for this turning out the way that it did? Or are you saying Sarah can't blame you for her grievances? What are you saying? I'm feeling with, I'm just taking a wild guess from what I've heard about this guy so far. It's the latter. So where is Sarah now? After this whole incident, you would think, okay, especially with this case, maybe the internet's going to be a bit more careful. Maybe they're going to try to think a little bit before we jump onto something. No, another rumor about Sarah spread. Luke's dad tried to start a rumor that Sarah got 18,000 US dollars from them and is still trying to sue their family. Just a greedy little girl. And everyone dreamed her a greedy woman who's turning this whole thing into a cash cow. So that was proven to be false and the internet just like forgot about it because for some reason it always feels like the internet is like, yeah, greedy little bitch. And then the second minute they're like, I always knew that she wouldn't do that. (laughs) I just, shame on those who thought she was greedy. It's like, where were you? So he later backtracked to say, the dad, Luke's dad later backtracked to say, my son is just a kid. He's in his like mid, late 20s. Yeah. My son is just a kid. He didn't act maliciously. He doesn't even know Sarah at all. He would never think that this would ever hurt her. It was all just a joke. How could she ask us to compensate her so much money? If Sarah had just ignored all this online talk instead of feeding it, instead of feeding into this whole story, it would have just gone away. 
her taking this joke so seriously, that's what is ruining everything. And honestly, quite frankly, it ruined my son's life. And my son's wife is distressed. My son's son isn't doing well. It's just a lot. It was just a joke. And my son is a kid who has a kid. Apple don't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Now, there were a lot of people standing up for her. And they would say, no, leave Sarah alone. She didn't do anything wrong. Leave her alone. But Sarah would say, as much as she appreciates that and as much as she's grateful for that, the whole saying is wrong. Because it's not that she did nothing wrong. She did nothing, period. She didn't do anything. Nothing she did could be deemed as good or bad because she didn't do anything. She was picking up packages. That's it. That's... She she didn't do anything. She was picking up packages and her life was ripped apart. Sarah said that she's grateful for the nice netizens that believe in her and her parents and friends that stuck by her side. She said she's even grateful that she's 28. She said, if I were 18 when this happened, I'm afraid I wouldn't have been able to hold on. I would first find out what was wrong with me and blame myself for everything. Mm -hmm. But now, now I won't. I know I did nothing wrong. Maybe in the future I will leave this city, but it's because I don't want to live here anymore and not because I've been forced to leave from slander, from a rumor. A lot of women start rallying behind Sarah and they send her loving messages of support. A lot of them related to a rumor being spread in school, at work, or in your community and the feeling of being branded a slut. And how much, you, you, you think it's just a word, and you think society's getting better, and it's 2022 where, you know, equality, sexuality is more embraced, but at the end of the day, being branded a slut feels like your life is over. Especially in, like, China or yeah. in Asia. In more conservative countries. Yeah, like... And so it's heartbreaking most of the time. There's no evidence because you can't have evidence of being a slut because it's it's not even a word that's clearly defined. To one person, it could just be sex before marriage. <laughs> to another person, nobody's a slut. Maybe Hugh Hefner, but nobody else. You know, like, does that make sense? There's no, there's no evidence. So you just, it's unfair and it's heartbreaking. And Sarah said that she's gotten closer to her boyfriend, though, is one good thing that came out of this. They're planning on getting married. Yeah, the infamous slutty wife cheating mom was never married, but she's gonna be insane. Sarah said she still gets her fair share of hate, mostly from men who are mad at her. For I don't know what, okay. Some men out there are incredibly emotional beings. And honestly, they're kind of crazy. They're like hysterical. We just have to give them some space. But what really shocks her is that some women are also coming for her. She'll receive spiteful messages from women. And okay, like those men, whatever. We don't even expect much. But like women who come after women... Please reevaluate your life. Why would you do that? These women would say things like, well, nothing happens for no reason. It takes two to tango. In every lie, there's some truth. There's no smoke if there's no fire. You must have done something for this to happen. There's more to the story that you're not saying. Literally, what? So this has made Sarah just more adamant that she's going to help women facing defamation and slander and rumors of being sluts and whores and quote loose women because these types of brandings are ruining people's lives she said she doesn't even really feel bothered by the haters anymore except for the occasional one or two women that why she said they know nothing about the power of women the women who are not as weak as they think i'm not just holding luke and kai accountable but all of those that are like them she said it feels like this long road with very few people, but she's ready. She wants to come out on the other side, not as a victim of negative news, but as a positive figure. She's not going to back down. She's not going to compromise. And she hopes that whatever happens in court is going to scare those people who intend to do these illegal things. That way, this horrible experience that she had can be more meaningful. Now, I did see that there were some people that said she's being dramatic. You know, the way that she talks about this fight, because, you know, I think this is also scary. We're so desensitized and we're so used to seeing women on the news just walking down the street, minding their own business and then being violently assaulted and murdered or both. So does this really compare to that? I think it's not about comparison, but just think about all the women that you know that have been stressed out about a rumor starting about their sexual private life or being branded a slut or having their nudes leaked. I feel like I can't say with my full chest that I know one full-grown woman, I'm like, oh, she's never experienced something like that before. 
I can't think of one person. I mean, obviously not to this degree, but getting comments like, oh, she's being passed around. Oh, she's easy. It's the same thing. Getting looks, being shunned by school friends. Guys, maybe you kissed them in the movie theater. Maybe you did more, but they go around telling everyone that you did this, you did that. And you're like, wait, that's not what happened. That's not at all what happened. But no one's going to believe you. You're just scared you look slutty. It's literally in every woman's life. So yeah, it's a pretty big fight. Now fast forward to February 26th of 2021. The defamation trial came to a close. Both Luke and Kai were sentenced to one year in prison and two years of probation, which honestly doesn't seem like a lot. But I hope they learn a thing or two in prison. Side note, not to be slanderous or anything, but I heard both of them have tiny little wee-wees. I'm just saying. (laughs) I saw a text message somewhere leaked in a group chat. (laughs) And that is the story of the social death case of China. What are your thoughts on this? I... Okay. Like I, I think that's so relatable to people. Yeah. And to this age. And I think what's also terrifying is I know that there's this whole movement of cancel cancel culture, but this is different. We're not dealing with a celebrity. We're not dealing with an influencer who is choosing yeah. to put their lives out there. This is a very normal person who is not putting themselves out there on the internet yeah. to be critiqued. She's just at the post office. Like this could happen to anyone. Yes, that's the terrifying thing about it. It's not even a choice that you're making of, oh, I don't want to put my private life on the internet. It has nothing to do with that. It's terrifying. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think that we will ever get to a tipping point where things will be done about it? Or do you think that this is something that just has to progressively get worse to get better? Or it's just progressively going to get worse and there's no way about it? I'd love to know your thoughts and I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you on Wednesday for the main episode. Bye.